This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play, back in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Friday, August 14th, this is how we do it, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the college football kickoff scheduler in all the Mountain Pacific time zones, Jerem Jordan. We know that BYU is a unique place, a unique institution, a unique team, a unique football school and program, but what we've really learned the last couple of days is that, well, BYU is the only team in the West playing. <laughs> so yesterday, Stadium Sports put out a map of the U.S. This was then updated by at BYU underscore <laughs> game day. Current college football landscape, basically any state that's not going to play or have a team playing is BYU territory apparently now. So hashtag go Cougs. This looks like a map of the United States from uh, 1864. The Louisiana Purchase. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the wild, wild west. I don't know what's happening out there. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. We're not really sure what's happening out here either. I, I think it's wild how unique BYU is right now in terms of being the only FBS team west of Texas playing. Literally the only team. Air Force could play Navy and Army if they want, but we don't know that they are. And so right now, BYU is the only FBS team with three games scheduled? <laughs> With any game scheduled? I mean, it's crazy. The Lewis and Clark expedition into BYU country. You and I both love this movie. Chris Farley's last movie uh, was Almost Heroes. (laughs) It's about he and Matthew Perry are are, are, like competing with Lewis and Clark to get to the coast first. It is so bad, but it's actually pretty funny. It's so so ridiculous. If you haven't seen it, it's pretty good. (laughs) Like, it's bad, but it's funny. Does that make sense? We have much to discuss other than Almost Heroes on this fantastic show. I don't Friday have a brother. Show. It was me. <laughs> so, if you know, you know. It's so dumb. <laughs> For starters today, uh, will the cancellation of West Coast Conference fall sports have a domino impact on basketball at all? Don't you dare touch what Mark Pope has put together, or will they? And what's the likelihood of a spring season for the likes of volleyball, soccer, and defending national champion BYU men's cross-country. BYU women's volleyball head coach Heather Olmstead will join us on what's next at BYU. And the WCC commissioner Gloria Navarez will join us live to answer some, frankly, very hard questions. Plus, is BYU-Virginia and a reunion game with Bronco Mendenhall now a possibility for BYU football in 2020? Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. West Coast Conference postpones all fall sports due to COVID-19. For BYU, this means women's soccer, volleyball, and both men and women cross country. The league says it's committed to try and play the men and women's basketball seasons in the winter. West Coast Conference also wants to explore playing the fall sports in the spring. This has been a conversation that a lot of conferences brought up. We'll discuss the reality of that in a moment. Low-risk sports can still hold non-conference competitions. For BYU, that means men and women's golf and men and women's tennis. I don't understand why cross-country is not included in that, but that's what uh, has been said. BYU Athletic Director Tom Homo said the following in detail in response to all of this. Quote, since returning to campus on June 1st, our student-athletes, coaches, and support staff have been working diligently to prepare for the fall sports seasons. We were hopeful with carefully defined protocols that we could compete in the fall sports. Unfortunately, 
The COVID-19 pandemic challenges faced by many of the West Coast Conference schools, particularly the schools in California that haven't returned their student-athletes to campus, were too challenging to overcome. He continues, At this point in time, we are deeply saddened for our student-athletes and coaches in women's volleyball, women's soccer, and men's and women's cross-country, whose seasons have been postponed until spring. We are also saddened for our loyal BYU fans across the country who love to watch the Cougars play, whether live in Provo, on the road, or on BYU TV. Thanks, Tom. Our student-athletes will miss the fans as much as they miss them. Our main focus going forward is to help our student-athletes manage the unique challenges they are facing and prepare for the opportunity when they can return to competition. We will be back whenever it's possible, ready to represent our beloved Brigham Young University, end quote. Yeah, real bummer, right? More on this coming up in What's Trending. We'll talk to Gloria Navarez, West Coast Conference Commissioner. We'll talk to Heather Olmstead of Women's Volleyball as well as uh, we cope with more cancellations. The NCAA announces no fall championships will take place in 2020. This latest revelation coming directly from the office of NCAA President Mark Emmert in a statement. Yeah. He cited not enough teams participating. Specifically, if at least half of the schools don't play a sport, then you can't have a legitimate championship. No NCAA Division I sport can have a championship at this point except for FBS football, but he said specifically football's different than the rest of the fall sports. Uh, Yeah. Clearly. Because the NCAA lost championships in March 2020, Jerem, there's this idea that you got to push forward because there's just so much revenue out there, specifically in the NCAA men's basketball championships. Right, they've got to get that in. If they miss that twice, that's going to be tough. And BYU announces it will temporarily suspend ACT and SAT score requirements for admissions and scholarships for the academic year. And BYU won't hold students accountable who couldn't participate in activities or projects and those who received pass-fail grades during COVID semester. They must have suspended the ACT requirement score for the years that we were Yeah, when we were in school, well. they must have suspended that as well for us. <laughs> I don't know how we got in here. But the arm of mercy was I th- extended. I thought I was going to Utah State. I was convinced I couldn't get in here. Somehow I got in. Shout out to uh, Utah State Eastern, which was the College of Eastern Utah. That's right. Yeah. Why, so why is that? That's because I was going to go there and try and pursue the dream of basketball. I think you really missed an opportunity. In Price, Utah. We love Price. <laughs> Remember? It all worked out for the best. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. No way around it. It's absolutely devastating that fall sports won't happen on campus at BYU, specifically because the Olympic sports have been so successful. Jerem, what's your reaction to the West Coast Conference canceling, not canceling, but postponing at least, fall sports until 2021? real bummer not unforeseen i think we thought this was likely going to be the case it's been a couple months now in march we all kind of thought well in the fall it'll be better this is going to go away yeah and it's not and that's disappointing because byu has some really really good fall sports teams now if byu was terrible in those it'd still be a bummer but the fact that byu is not only good but supported is tough to swallow men's cross country won a natty last year the women took second Women's soccer went to an Elite Eight. And women's volleyball went to the second round of in the a, NCAA tournament. In a down year for in, women's volleyball. Right. These teams are incredible. They have great, not good, great coaches. 
really, really, really great coaches and great athletes. So this is disappointing. It makes sense, specifically in the West Coast Conference, seven of the ten teams are in California. California does not have any, and if some school does, very few schools have students on campus right now, right? They are still kind of in lockdown. They don't even have staff members on campus in in many places. BYU is way ahead of the curve on this. So uh, a few things to consider in this as to why they did this. And I'll bring that up in a moment, but what's, what's your reaction to the news? I'm devastated for the athletes because I know how much time they have invested. And this is different than basketball because that was just the shocker of shockers, right? Like, boom, like, oh my rip gosh. the bandaid off. It hurts really bad. The sting is real. Oh man, we're all backpedaling. It's a pandemic. What is that? Yes. Ah, yeah. But then it just kept going and going and going. And so unfortunately for the fall sports, they kind of had to watch this, you know, storm coming from far off and you can't escape it. You're on an island and here comes the hurricane and it's, it's coming to you. But you're like, well, maybe it'll dissipate. Maybe right. it'll go away. Maybe it won't be as bad as we think it will. It didn't. And then it hit hard. So that's, that's almost worse because you just like, I just want to know. The uncertainty is, is almost mind-numbing for these athletes. So I'm really devastated for the coaches and players. And keep in mind, BYU was fifth in the Learfield Cup standings at the end of the fall season last year. Fifth. Of, fifth best athletic of program. All athletic in programs college. in the country. Yeah. That, winning in Natty was a huge deal. Taking second in cross country was a huge Elite deal. Elite eight in soccer, as you mentioned. Okay, a couple factors that generally people aren't talking about with this, okay? Reasons why maybe this happened. So it's not just, well, safety, COVID. There's more to that. How much money did each of the West Coast Conference schools have to do testing often? I believe that BYU is probably the only one with enough money to do it on the reg. Maybe Gonzaga from Men's Hoops money, but guess what? They didn't get it from this year. They did not get all those units they would have. So that's one thing to consider. Enrollment is probably down at a lot of schools. And that's Clearly. obvious revenue for each school. You, you hold school for academic purposes, but you have to make money to do it. Yeah. And then uh, another thing is the preparation required to compete. Yeah. BYU's been practicing. BYU is the one of the most prepared athletic programs in the country right now to compete in the fall in all the sports. They've been back since mid-June. You know who isn't? Anyone in California. And that's tough because state by state, the regulations are different. So those are three things to consider in why this perhaps didn't happen. Um, that isn't just the, well, safety card. It's There's expensive. More to it. Yeah. It's very expensive. And a lot, I, frankly, a lot of these group of five teams and other you know, Division I conferences are dealing with that reality. Two Power Five conferences dealt with that reality to a certain point, right? Although you'd think the Pac-12, maybe not, but the Big Ten for sure, has the money to test. I mean, good Regular. grief. The West Coast Great Conference money. schools have a hard enough time preparing for the onslaught of BYU and their recent dominance in these sports with full preparation when there is nothing holding them back from getting on campus early. So can you imagine San Francisco shows up on September 15th knowing that the West Coast Conference schedule is going to start in 11 days and nine days, 24 days. Yeah, you got to go to Provo and take on BYU, who's been practicing since June 1st. Yeah, the timetables just do not work out for California. So this is where the state and local governments have had a massive impact. Like if BYU were playing uh, in a different conference in the Mountain West or how dare you in a Power Five conference like the Big 12, then it's like. Okay, yeah, we're ready to go. Let's do it. It's fine. But when you have California involved, 
Like at that point, I was like, "There's no way it's going to happen." This makes sense from a logistical standpoint with the money it takes to be safe. Yes. in this situation, it's expensive. So, so then there's this rhetoric of, "Okay, we're going to postpone. We're going to try and play in the spring." <sighs> Frankly, this feels like when I say to my daughter, she wants buy the other day after karate. She's like, "Can I buy that bag? The bag's like thirty dollars." I'm like, "Oh, maybe." <laughs> like I kind of told her, "Well, we have other bags." Blah blah blah. Playing in the spring doesn't seem like it's logistically sound, although I appreciate the idea to try and do it. But is it a reality? NCAA President Mark Emmert talked yesterday. Mm. Crazy. Nice to hear from you. Yeah, not Uh, just a quote. He spoke. Where where you've been a little bit. But the the focus of canceling fall championships is to get winter spring sports. We have to give highest priority to the winter and spring sports because they lost their championship last March. We made that horrible, awful, but necessary choice to shut down, didn't have Frozen Four, didn't have Final Fours, didn't have World Series and softball and baseball or track championships, lacrosse. We we lost all of that. We got to say, first and foremost, we're going to protect those spaces. I don't know how you protect those spaces. I feel like we're in March again, but now it's August where we say, well, hopefully it's better later. What's going to be better? What's going to change? It just has to go away. We need a vaccine. I don't, I don't know what's going to change. Hopefully they figured out to, how to do something and try and manage it, assuming that COVID doesn't go away in time for a March Madness and there isn't a vaccine because more than likely, Jeremy, it feels like that's going to be the case. Can they manage this thing and can they afford it? With men's basketball. That's the thing that we brought up today that you need to consider in this that people haven't. Not just like, oh, COVID. Tape. There goes my AirPods. It's all good. Calm down. Can uh, you afford can to I lose Can I afford those? to lose those? Costco, 140 bucks. Come on. <laughs> We're going to be, yeah, no fall sports. It makes sense logistically. Let's figure it out if we can do it in the spring, hopefully. But if not, let's at least get men's hoops in, right? Let's go. Okay, we're going to put as positive a spin as we can possibly think of on this Olympic fall sports thing being shut down with our question of the day. With fall sports being canceled, what was your favorite moment from the 2019 fall season at BYU? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Jerem, at Jerem Jordan 2, is in on Twitter. His name's Tyler Stinson. <laughs> I don't know Tyler very well, but uh, it's not me, I promise. Tyler says, I think my favorite moment was the men's cross-country team winning the national championship on a very cold, rainy day in Terre Haute, Indiana. Mm, Amazing awesome. accomplishment that is underrated around BYU. And the women took second. And also, hey, women's soccer elite eight. I mean, that was very, very exciting. And uh, of course, women's volleyball had a, a tremendous season as well. So, keep it coming using uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. BYU Sports Station. Coming up, the advantage BYU already has over neighbor. And what is the likelihood of spring volleyball for the BYU women? Heather Olmstead, the head coach, will join us next to discuss that and much more. This is BYU Sports Station. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On today's BYU Sports Nation, right now, the good news, new game for BYU football, the bad news, fall, West Coast Conference sports postponed. Kiki tries to help you cope. Watch it on the BYU Sports Nation social media platform. 
We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. On a Friday, this is how we do it. We welcome in now the head coach of the BYU women's volleyball program, Heather Olmstead, on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline via Zoom. Heather, welcome to the show. Amidst tough circumstances, we certainly appreciate you spending some time with us today. Thanks, you guys. I appreciate you having me on. All right, Heather, let's start with uh, the no-brainer here, and that is um, what is your reaction to the cancellation of the West Coast Conference women's volleyball season and all fall sports at BYU? Um, I think my reaction is devastation for our players. Um, I'm heartbroken. They're heartbroken. It, it was, it's a little different situation this fall because it was, it was more like a slow burn that everyone knew it was coming. So the reaction wasn't such a surprise as it was for the spring and winter, winter sports, but we knew there was a, a possibility that this would happen, but it doesn't make it any easier for, for our student athletes or for our staff. The news is, is heartbreaking. It's, it's, it's devastating for these, this team, the seniors, um, the freshmen, the incoming class that we have, and, and everyone in between. Um, it's, it's, it's been disappointing, but it's understandably uh, what, what was going to happen and had to happen. So uh, we're, we're, we're coping with it the best we can. Why do you feel like it had to happen? Why? Mm-hmm. Um, it had to happen because uh, everybody else had dropped out before us. And so it was inevitable that for us that was going to happen. And that, that's what I'm referring to. Like we knew our conference was, was coming. It was just a matter of time. And when the teams dropped below 50% participation, I mean, that's, that's, that's what I'm referring to. As far as not being able to play, I mean, we wanted to play. Our girls, our team wanted to play. We are ready to play. Our administration's done a great job uh, getting our kids back in the gym with following CDC guidelines and, and, and following protocol and, and put in a really amazing, safe environment for our kids to be in. And so we were ready and we were excited, um, but knew that this was a possibility. Heather, you mentioned the slow burn, and that's a great description of what this has really become. So walk us through the timeline of at what time did you and your players start to broach, and I know you didn't want to, but broach the topic of, hey, this thing actually might get shut down. Yeah, that conversation was happening in June when they were starting to come back when BYU was opening up our facilities. There was always that possibility. And our our attitude's been, hey, we're going to be ready uh, whenever it's time to play. We're going to be the team that's ready to go. Let's control what we can control. Get back in the gym. Let's get in the weight room. Let's be together. Um, and so that conversation has been happening. And then we were able to have that on Wednesday when, when Tom Holman gave us a heads up that, hey, this amount, announcement may come out tomorrow, which was Thursday. We were actually heading into a team meeting with Craig Manning, our mental strength coach, and had an opportunity to, to talk about it as a team and to just be together and answer questions, even though there's still more questions than answers out there for our team. But it was, it was a good opportunity for us to, to finalize it on Wednesday. And the announcement came out yesterday. And if, if you would have been in the gym, and Tom Homo was in the gym yesterday during our practice in the morning, uh, right before the West Coast Conference made their announcement, you would have never known that our team was, was dealing with this, this adversity about to come in front of them, that the energy level was so high. The excitement to practice yesterday, and, and we're practicing again today, I've been really impressed with, with our student-athletes, our team's ability to focus and, and be resilient. But, of course, this is going to take some time to process. And, and Greg, we've talked about we're going to grieve, you know, losing, losing the fall and losing some dreams for these kids and not knowing if there will be a spring. The reality is nobody knows. So it's hard to, to you know, get excited about the spring when, when nobody's giving you any answers. Yeah, 
trying to postpone to the spring sounds like when I tell my daughter when she wants to buy something in the store, but I don't want to buy it. Yeah, maybe. That's what it, that's what it feels like. Like, is spring a reality in your opinion? How, how could that work, if at all? I have no idea, and that's uh, not my job. So I, I just get the kids ready to, to play, and I, I would love to, to have those answers so I could give them to our kids, but that's, that's for other people to decide and figure out, and it's, it's a tough one for sure. Obviously, we want to play in the spring. We have a bunch of kids that want to play. We have seniors that want to get out there, but it's, it's really out of our control. Listen, the idea of a doubleheader with men and women's volleyball actually sounds pretty cool, though. Sure. Right? Doesn't it? Doesn't it? <laughs> that would be awesome. I think so, too. Let's just put the ladies in the primetime spot, right, Coach? I, I think we'd have to defer to the guys uh, <laughs> since it's their season, for sure. We would we would feel blessed and lucky for the opportunity to get, to get out there and play in front of our fans. I mean, we're going to miss our fans this fall. Cougar Nation has been incredible. Their support um, just – via social media and, and reaching out to us, it's it's been pretty neat to see. We know that they'll be there whenever we decide, you know, we can get back out on the court. Heather Olmstead with us on BYU Sports Nation, very accomplished head coach of BYU women's volleyball. How do you channel the competitive spirit of your team now? What will they be competing in now because there are no games in the foreseeable future? Yeah, I think this is a great opportunity for us to to put our focus in other areas. We're going to take opportunities to to still practice and get better, depending on what the NCAA comes back with, what our hours are going to be. But we know we're going to practice. We're going to be together, and we're going to take this opportunity to get better. So we'll create competitive environments in the gym. We're going to take opportunities to focus on our academics to make sure that, that, that kids are on track and, and, and heading in the right direction with their degrees and graduation, which our team always is. And we're going to take opportunities to serve and to – do things with our team together and in the community and really work on our leadership and our team culture. And there's so many things we can do as well as play volleyball and get better that we're really going to have to turn our attention and focus in other areas so we can bloom and blossom in other ways that our, our players hadn't planned on. Will there be any 50 mile runs with your brother, Sean involved either for you or for your team? No, I think we'll just stick to the volleyball court. Uh, we might play some. We might play some pickleball. We might get competitive that way. Throw in a couple different extracurricular activities for our team and and keep their interest that way. That's one of the concerns, right? Is how can we keep our kids engaged without knowing, you know, the spring situation? Are we going to play in the spring or are we going to wait till next fall? And so it's it's something that as a staff and around the country is a challenge for all all fall sports that, that they have to deal with. So you're going to keep practicing in the hope of a spring slash keep everybody engaged. And then if you play in spring, you've been practicing anyway? Correct. Yeah, we're, we're practicing today and we're, we're going to take it way slower. We've, we've um, taken some things out of preseason. There's no more, there's no double days this, this fall. And you've seen that across the country with football and some other sports. It's, it's a little slower. You're able to dive into the systems. You're able to dive into the fundamentals knowing because we were thinking we were going to play September 24th. So we had more time, you know, to get ready for conference. So that's, that's what we've got. And we, we, are, we have a bunch of kids that want to get better. And I think this is where you see a lot of people talk about grit. This is where you're actually going to see the gritty kids, because the question is, do they have the passion for volleyball to stick through it? And do they have the perseverance that this is really hard? This is something I'm going through. That's just extremely difficult. And I'm like, I'm going to be persistent that you're going to see me on the court in the spring or next fall. And I think that's really cool for fans and families to get excited about, to see that grittiness and our team come out. 
I know the decision's already been made. It is what it is. But in football, there's this debate of whether we should play or not. Um, in volleyball specifically, do you feel like uh, you could have made it work, you, that you could have played? Or is this a decision that you just, you just you know what, we can't control, whatever? You know, I think, I think it, it was becoming very difficult to, to see how it was going to work. And our, our players were seeing that. How's this going to work? You know, someone gets sick. Does that affect our whole team? Does that, does that take us all out for a couple of weeks? So it was becoming increasingly difficult to see the vision of how it was going to work this fall. I think that BYU is doing a great job testing and get, keeping us safe, and they have plans in place. Um, so I think it, it could have been done, but I definitely know that um, you know, this decision was not made lightly by the West Coast Conference, um, and so we're going to adhere to it, and we're going to do the best we can. Coach, we commend you and your team for your competitive spirit and for the approach that you've taken in just a really impossible situation. So we send you some BYU Sports Nation karma. Obviously, we can't wait to see your team get on the floor and play again, and we know that there will be great things when that does happen. Thank you, guys. We, we appreciate it. And, hey, it just leaves more time for us to be on Sports Nation this fall. Let's go. Hey, no always... excuses. If we ask, you have to come on. Listen, no one can cancel the show. <laughs> You know, we don't have a conference. Yeah. We need you guys. Thanks for everything you guys do to keep us uh, excited and looking forward. You got it. Thanks, Heather. Heather Olmstead on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. I'm bummed for them, man. Yesterday I was like, well, we saw this coming, but the reality is setting in that we're not going to see some of these really fun sports in the fall, and that's very disappointing. Yeah, they saw the You think the of smoke. the athletes and the coaches, right? They saw the smoke coming from over the mountain, and and there's no stopping it, yeah. you know? So, yeah, I'm super bummed for them. Reality is disappointing. I mean, that attitude, that approach, that's uh, it's pretty impressive. Well, that's why she's the winningest coach Seriously. by percentage in NCAA women's volleyball history. How about that? Man. <laughs> Coming up, will the smallest planet and the best wear it have to do with each other? And we'll talk to the West Coast Conference Commissioner, Gloria Navarez, about all of this. Why did they opt to shut down all of fall sports? And what's the plan for a maybe spring season? This is BYU Sports Nation. The final Utah College League baseball game is tomorrow on BYU Radio and BYUcougar.com. Listen to the Game of the Week with Jason Shepard at 3 Eastern. Shep's been plugging away, man. Just... Like every other day out at the park, calling games. Getting those baseball reps. He's literally yeah. calling them in a tough shed. He's the only person in the state of Utah at a location calling the game well, that's well, well, where he is. Because even the Jazz are calling it from Vivid Smart Home Arena mm-hmm. with Orlando back. I love it. How about that? Jeff? High school football's happening, by the way, in Utah. The first high school football game in the entire country Happened last night between Harriman High School and Davis High School. And Weber and Bingham was canceled because of some positive tests. So let it begin. Yeah. Like, are, like, let's try to play, but there will be games canceled. There right? are 48 other games scheduled to happen across the state of Utah. This tonight. weekend? Oh, tonight? Yes, tonight. Woo! Crazy. That said, it's time to whip it. Okay, yesterday Navy head coach Ken Yamatololo said the following media availability. It's not like we've been training all summer, so you have the thing of limited practice. We're not in the best shape. We're trying to get ready. We've got COVID-19, but everybody's dealing with this. Spencer, does BYU have an advantage over Navy because they've had fewer COVID-19-related restrictions up to this point? Yes, and I think that we're not talking a lot about this because the issue at hand is so prevalent. COVID-19, is the game actually going to happen? Is it going to get canceled? If this game happens, Jerem, 
then I feel like BYU in every sport because of what Tom Olmo has done and the local government has allowed BYU to do will have a significant advantage on competition. Right now it's only football. I th- This is a big deal if the game happens because BYU has been back for a long time. On to the next. Early in the fourth quarter of the Portland Trailblazers versus Brooklyn Nets NBA bubble game last night, Damian Lillard, Weber State legend, pulled up from the NBA logo, essentially 40 feet away, and calmly knocked down a three-pointer. Did Dane just extend Jimmer range? No, Steph Curry's been doing that for years. But uh, we do love Jimmer range, don't we? Virginia lost its football game with VMI, so it has an opening for a non-conference game. Is 2020 the perfect season for BYU to face off with former head coach Bronco Mendenhall? Oh, it seems perfect, especially if it's on September 12th, because then BYU can just stay on the East Coast after playing Navy on September 7th, drive a couple of hours south to Virginia, stay quarantined, stay as a team, and then play Virginia. So, yeah, it lines up. It looks nice. But then there's the Bronco factor. Jeremy, I think he wants zero part of this game because of the emotional ties there and the potential drama. So I think Bronco would veto this in a hurry. All right. BYU now has six games scheduled in 2026 and only four well-documented this season in 2020. Jeremy, will the Cougars play more games this season than the six they have scheduled six years from now? I hope so. I'm hoping for... You know, 8 or 10 this year. 12 seems impossible. Uh, but I'd love to see, realistically, 4 to 6. But I'd love to see scheduled 8 to 10. It'd be nice. Schedule 12. Play as many the, as you can. Schedule 16. And yes. then see if you yes. get 12 play. Brett McMurphy reports Texas Tech will limit fan capacity in home games to 25%. Oh. And all fans and staff will be required to wear face coverings. Does this give you hope that BYU will have some fans in the stands this season? Yes, it does, actually. I don't know if BYU will allow as many as 25%. Again, this is where local governments come in and have a say. But it'd be nice to have even 15 or 20% at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Give me 12,000 fans. Great. 12,000 feels like it'd be pretty awesome. Yeah, give me 12,000, and they'll be loud. They'll be loud. You're, here's the problem with fewer fans, by the way. You're going to hear the annoying dude way louder. Hey, ref! <laughs> Put in Baylor. You're gonna hear that guy. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna hear. We're going to allow 500 fans in Lavender Stadium. You're gonna socially distance 30 yards apart from each other. Yeah, you're gonna hear some more cursing. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna hear things you didn't want to hear. What? You will hear the individual more often. Yes, wow. not a collective voice. Our Friday edition now of uh, the best to wear. But Jeremy, you have a note. No, the music started playing. I'm oh, sorry. Let's I'm sorry. Going. I'm sorry. We'll get to what you were going to say in just a moment. The best to wear brought to you by Tim Daly Ford. We're on the count up to 99. Almost finished with this thing. One number each show determining who was the best athlete to wear each digit at BYU. Today we feature number 86. Dan Pluto Plater is the best to wear number 86. Wide receiver, 78 to 81. In his career, 124 catches, nearly 2,000 yards, 16 touchdowns. He caught passes from some of the greats, man. Look at this. Dan Plater down the sideline. He was one of those deep threats, short-handed guy for BYU in the late 70s, early 80s. So he would have caught passes from Jim McMahon, Mark Wilson, and Steve Young. That's quite the uh, trio of we're, quarterbacks. Yeah, and, and we're we're showing some Steve Young as a backup highlights, by the way. That's what those were. That wasn't 82 and 83. Uh, two-time academic All-American drafted in the fourth round by the Denver Broncos highest drafted 
wide receiver in BYU history, it says. Hello. Even higher than Austin Collie? Because Austin, Austin was Colley a fourth was rounder, the fourth but, round. Yeah, but, what but was, I guess he was picked higher. There were a few teams the back round. then, right? So yeah, That would make sense. Yeah. That's like Danny Ainge was a second-round NBA draft pick because they thought he couldn't play. He was with the Blue Jays, but there were also fewer teams mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. Uh, select from. Doug Jolly is honorably mentioned, by the way. Tied in 97-01, played in uh, a Super Bowl. Second-round pick, first-team all-lack in 01. Douglas Jolly, he was a good player, man. 86. Finally, some pass catchers, Jeremy. We've had the majority of defensive players. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Where's the offense? This is Brigham. <laughs> We're getting to it. Uh, it. I was in the MTC, or Setayemi, in Sao Paulo when that Super Bowl was played with Doug Jolly. I remember thinking, like, oh, yeah, Doug Jolly's in the Super Bowl. So, fun fact, the first time I met Doug Jolly was at In-N-Out in Las Vegas, Nevada, and or sorry, in Henderson, Nevada, before the BYU-UNLV football game in 2003. I had, I had gone down, or maybe it was 04, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I had gone, I think it was 03. I'd gone down, we're in there, and see some guys in some BYU gear, and Curtis Brown was also there. Nice. Okay? So I didn't, I didn't know them. I'd been on my mission in South Korea. I thought, oh, are those BYU guys? Are they fans? Are they football players? Because they were in just normal, regular clothes. And, they weren't uh, wearing pads. In no, they were not in their oh, pads and helmets. Weird. Walked over and uh, sat down and said, oh, hey, go Cougs. Nice to see you guys. And Curtis Brown laughed and he said, do you know who that is? And I was like, uh, no. And he's like, that dude plays in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I was like, he does not. And he's no. like, no, I'm, I'm serious. He plays in the NFL. He makes a lot of money. He's, he plays in the NFL. Can you pay for my food? Or? That was when I met Doug Jolly. Nice. Douglas <laughs> Jolly. Coming up, West Coast Conference Commissioner Glory Navarez on the decision to postpone fall sports. How realistic is a spring schedule for fall sports? This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The BYU TV app is the place to watch recent and small BYU sports games. Get your VOD fix on the BYU TV app today. You can watch Taysom Hill on the app. Yeah and many other legendary Cougar players. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation in Studio B. As promised, we welcome in our second guest of the day. It is the commissioner of the West Coast Conference, Gloria Navarez, joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline via Zoom. Gloria, we appreciate you spending some time with us amidst such a busy and, frankly, unfortunate situation. Great to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. Good to see you guys. Yeah, I know this was a, a really tough decision, and that's putting it lightly for you and the conference officials to have to make. But ultimately, why did you feel like the conference needed to shut down all of fall sports? Well, you know, we really had – we compete for national titles in all of our fall sports, you know, cross country, volleyball, soccer. So it was really important for us to not foreclose those opportunities too quickly – Um, However, you know, finding a solution for large batch quick turnaround testing and being able to have teams in our geographic region to play against are two really key factors in being able to safely compete this fall. And, you know, with some of the announcements in other leagues, it just, you know, even in our own league, some of our campuses going all virtual, just really, you know, the writing was on the wall. It didn't seem possible that we could execute it uh, fall seasons in a safe manner. So there's a lot to break down within that. So let, let's start with the, uh, you know, you kind of look around as a league and go, well, if, the, if there isn't going to be an NCAA championship anyway, 
is there a point in doing this? Was, was that a big factor in this as well? It was. And when we made the decision, it was yesterday. Um, and we were at percentages where, you know, field hockey was already canceled. Men's soccer had been canceled. And it, we were only about 20 teams away from getting to 50% in the, the other fall sports. And I had already known about some other conferences that were planning on canceling. So it, it really, it was just time. Then logistically, as you mentioned, trying to get quick turnaround testing, money's a thing, right? Um, and, and the revenue sport in this league is men's hoops. There wasn't a March Madness. There's no unit money. That's certainly a challenge, right? Um, what were the logistics around being able to test frequently with these schools given no March Madness and other challenges? Was that a challenge and th- a thing that went into this decision as well? Well, it certainly is a financial consideration, but I will say all of our teams and schools were committed to testing. It's just the access to point of care tests that we can get quick turnaround on. You know, football is a different proposition because you play once a week and, you know, you could feasibly test, keep folks in a bubble. Whereas when you're playing soccer and volleyball and you are Thursday, Saturday, you know, Friday, Sunday, and in the volumes that we would need those tests and the turnaround times, the, the technology and the availability just isn't there yet. Well, then there's the case of local governments. I mean, you're dealing with four different state governments, uh, Washington, uh, California, Utah, or just and Oregon and Oregon. That's right. So, I mean, you're 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 handling all these different local governments and some are not allowing work to resume and, and, and students on campus. So, uh, I mean, what, what was that like handling the idea that, hey, BYU's been back since June, but, you know, my California schools, don't even, they don't have anybody on campus. Yeah. And we, as a league, had a philosophy that, look, we all want, we're a league, we're a family, we want to compete together, um, but we don't want to hold anyone back either. And so that's why we, we held out for so long. And, and, you know, the same philosophy is going to apply to us for our winter sports and basketball because, you know, we want to give ourselves every chance to solve this issue and do it safely. Um, but to your point, there we have quite a few schools in California that just, you know, are all virtual, don't have students back on campus yet. And again, back down to that basic issue of being able to get large batch, quick turnaround testing. Uh, I we feel comfortable bringing students back to campus and keeping them in the bubble. I think schools have done a good job in that sense, but how do you cross pollinate? How do you, you know, get on a bus or a plane and play against somebody else if you don't have this technology to quickly test and get results back? Yeah, that makes sense. And and when this first happened, it was like, Oh, we can't produce masks fast, fast enough. Right. And now it feels like, Hey, mm-hmm. we need the testing to be faster as, as you're saying. So now the push is, yeah. all right, we're going to look at spring. What's the reality of that? What, what are the conversations like that you're having to try and see if that's a possibility? So all of those conversations have just started in earnest. And really, we are, as a league, committed to having an experience for our fall sports student-athletes. What that looks like yet, I don't know. And whether we can pull it off, I'm, I'm not yet sure. But as a league, we're committed to exploring every possible option. What kind of a timeline have you given yourself to try and put a plan in place Well, I think, you know, uh, it's tough to say because, again, that testing issue hasn't even been solved for winter. So I think we're all taking a deep breath uh, after our big decision, and we're going to put our nose to the grindstone and try to 
figure out spring. I, I do think we need to figure out how many teams are left with the idea that they will compete in spring because that's going to dictate a lot of how this is formatted. And when you look at men's hoops, that's kind of the next question, at least in the, in the league, right? I know San Diego is not going to play FCS football. BYU is trying to play FBS football, has four games scheduled for now, hopefully more soon. With men's hoops, will you be surprised if we play in the fall at all, or, or do you think it's going to be something in the winter, perhaps delayed? Yeah, I am, I'm an optimist by nature, but it's tough for me to see hoop season going in a normal pattern at this point. I don't know what that means yet, but um, again, as a league, we're committed to hanging in there and trying to figure out how to execute basketball season as close to normal in the safest manner that we can. And again, with basketball time, time is our ally because season doesn't start until November 10th. So, you know, come on technology. Yeah. And that's what we were in March for now. And we were hoping it'd be different and we hope it's different in a couple of months as well. Um, And, and when you look at the impact on fans in the stands, that's probably back of your mind, but with men's hoops, is, is that in the conversation as well? And is that governed by state? Because that's the conversation I guess we've had with football is, okay, what's the state of Utah saying what we can do here? It certainly is in our minds because, you know, the safety of everyone who comes to watch is paramount importance. And, it, you know, basketball for us means the tournament. We don't, you know, dictate what goes on on the campuses as far as fan attendance. So that will be dictated by our campuses. But as far as Las Vegas is concerned, we're working with the Orleans and Las Vegas events has taken a lead in trying to help um, event operators like ourselves really figure out those questions for each particular event. And the nice thing about Vegas is they're chipping away at this in all manner of events, entertainment, sports, and everything. So um, I'm optimistic by March we'll have some some good guidelines or guardrails in Glor- place. Gloria Navarez, the West Coast Conference Commissioner, is with us on BYU Sports Nation. I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about uh, something that uh, was released uh, just a few days ago, about a week ago, the Russell rule in, in hiring head coaches. This is a very progressive movement by the West Coast Conference. It's gotten a lot of nice notoriety and nice national attention. Um, what For those that don't understand, what is what is the Russell rule and how will it impact a school like BYU and the rest of the WCC members? Yes, thank you for asking about that. It's a an important initiative for us, and I, and I just want to give a shout-out to Liz Darger, on the BYU athletic staff. She was an integral part of getting this done. She serves on our athletic or um, equity, diversity, inclusion committee. And, you know, the support President Worthen and Tom Homo put behind it as well was, was just amazing. Um, basically, it's a hiring commitment to ensure that um, for every full-time hire in the athletic department, um, senior staff, athletic director, head coaches, and assistant coaches, Um, Each institution must have a member of a historically unrepresented community in that pool. And the interesting thing about college athletics is that if you have a head coach position open for a men's sport, you could satisfy this commitment by interviewing a qualified female candidate in that pool because the numbers of women coaching men's teams in college athletics are are woefully behind um, even the professional ranks. And we should mention uh, you are the the first Latin uh, female commissioner of a major league in Division One history, male, right? Yes, male or female. Male yes, or female. First person of that and Latin American descent. That's awesome. Yes. So WCC leading the way in that regard as well. 
Um, regarding yeah. eligibility with these fall sports, you hope you can play in the spring. If you don't, when, when do you think the NCAA would rule on retaining eligibility potentially for these teams as they did with the spring sports? There was a memo from the Board of Governors, and the Board of Governors is that group of presidents who governs all three divisions that said that they would suss out those answers by August 21. So we're hoping that, and several other answers with regard to financial aid and you know all those operational issues that come along after you make the decision about canceling fall sports. So we're hopeful to get more direction on, on those things in the next couple of weeks. Goodness, what's your to-do list like right now? <laughs> <laughs> nap. <laughs> Big nap. <laughs> Understandably. <Don't position> nap. <laughs> no. I know. Um, it's, it's been our, I, I got to tell you, you know, our group, I wouldn't want to go through this with any better group of administrators. Our 10 athletic directors and presidents have such a, holistic mission-based take to this it's really about student athletes first and their welfare we spent a lot of time talking about their mental health and although this is a crushing and disappointing decision um, i feel really good about our schools doing the right thing to support our student athletes during this time gloria we really appreciate you taking some time with us uh on the heels of a huge decision that was not easy to make um we wish you some rest enjoy that nap (laughs) Hopefully it lasts for a while, uh, and uh, we'll be glad to have you back on when uh, we find out some things. All right. Thank you both. Stay safe. You got it. Same to you. Gloria Navarez, the commissioner of the West Coast Conference, with us on BYU Sports Nation, courtesy the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why, we show how. So that, that, uh, you know, large, large batch, quick turnaround testing was emphasized by Gloria. That that makes sense. The ability to... Test today and know today or tomorrow is really important because different states and locations have different flare-ups, right, with this. And so there are fewer tests perhaps available and or the turnaround time is different from area to area, state to state, city to city. So she's exactly right. That matters in this conversation, not only the commitment to test and the financial backing to test, but also can we know quick enough to know? So explain to people when you're going to be tested to go uh, travel and that's, cover the team. That's right. So I have to have a negative, a confirmed negative test from a doctor uh, of COVID-19 uh, to even get into the state of Maryland. Like, so I so, have so to, you're, you're going to do present- it one day, Wednesday? So it's 72 hours before um, I enter the state. So I'll take it on Wednesday. To get there Saturday? Yeah, hope like. Yeah. Hopefully, right? So, so think, think so, of all the players. And, and then, again, that's football, for, as Gloria DeVar said. Well, that's one game a one week. One game a week. What if you're playing Thursday and Saturday? You need to be able to know that on Wednesday that's you're tough. good or whatever. And right? in BYU's case, uh, with the Olympic sports, sometimes they're playing Thursday, Saturday, and then they'll turn around and have a non-conference game on Monday. So the logistics around that, if you want a negative test to play, which makes sense, is expensive – and, the, and it takes time. It takes time. It just takes time. It's complicated. She did tell us August 21st is a big day to look out for in terms of the eligibility. Like the NCAA a said, August now. 21st, we should know yes. what eligibility and is going to happen. We knew yesterday info we thought we were going to find out on the 21st relative to fall sports championships. Yeah. Okay, coming up, today's Rise and Shout Out. Plus, coaches on bikes, now just uh, over three weeks away from coaches in a game, Jerem. At least wow. scheduled. Okay. This is BYU Sports Nation. Go. How about some more BYU Sports Nation? 
All right, let's do it. And a reminder, the show available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Download the podcast. You can Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review. In today's episode of Coaches on Bikes, the secondary coaches for BYU football, Preston Hadley and Gennaro Guilford, offer up words of wisdom. Specifically, Preston, judging a person's character by what they do with their shopping cart. You know, there's really a couple things. I think one is how uh, how you treat your waiter. You know what I'm saying? Just just tip your waiter. Everyone's out here hustling. Everyone's out here grinding. Don't you know? forget the tip. Don't forget the tip. Tip tip the waiter. You know, I think another thing is putting your shopping cart away when you're leaving the store. You know what I'm saying? Like they got they got the they got the stations all around. It's true. I, I agree on both uh, yes. premises. Yeah. Tip your waiters and put your cart in one of the designated shopping cart stalls. Yeah. Don't leave it on the sidewalk. On, don't leave man. it on the curb. Like, on, man. I don't want to walk the 12 feet or even the 12 yards. Good grief. I'll be that guy. Help, help some people out. Come on. All right, this is great sound advice. Our question of the day, with Olympic fall sports being canceled, what was your favorite moment from the 2019 BYU sports fall seasons? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from at Lime Crush on Twitter. The BYU cross-country national championship was epic in every way. Conditions, underdog status, etc. And the women's team just barely missing out. Finishing second, incredible day for both teams. Best moment of the BYU Cougars sports for the decade. The only national championship in the Tom Homo athletic director era, by the way. Yeah, it was it was an incredible day. Absolutely. Uh, our rise to chat goes to the fall sports, men and women's cross country, women's volleyball, women's soccer. Super bummed not to see you be able to play. And I know you put in work, and you guys are all top 20 programs, so... It's a bummer, but uh, hopefully we can do something in the spring. If not, let's get after the next one. Yeah, much love from Studio B. Our thanks to today's guests, Heather Olmstead and Gloria Navarez, the commissioner of the West Coast Conference. Started Dennis Pitta, we ran out of time. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN, baby. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Dennis Simmons. Hey, Oklahoma, are you available for a game this season? Oklahoma!